Hey, this is Brian Golden, lead pastor of Centerpoint Church, and I just want to welcome you to our podcast. I also really want to thank you for taking the time to listen. And I want to let you know that now you can watch these messages as well anytime and anywhere. And the easiest way to do that is on the Centerpoint Church app. In addition to that, the Centerpoint app is also the easiest way to stay connected with what's happening at Centerpoint. So go to your favorite app store, search Centerpoint Church Florida, and you'll find it right there. Most importantly, I really want to say if you're a longtime follower of Jesus, or maybe you're just investigating who Jesus is, I really hope this message encourages you to take your next step in your journey of faith or in your journey of investigating faith. Thanks again for listening. Man, after that welcome, man, I feel like I'm special. Wow, it's really good to be here. Thank you so much, Pastor Bryant. You guys are truly blessed to have such a a gift um, in the body of Christ. And Pastor Bryant and Nicole, they really are uh, special people. And and I'm not just saying that. The first time I met him, I remember uh, I, I was told I needed to really meet him. And I realized as soon as we met, we clicked. And uh, I'm really thankful for that because there's, there's a common thing. We, I, I really do believe we're related. So we're brothers, just different father. Uh, no, different mother. Is that how it goes? I can't remember. Anyway, so <laughs> we're related. But it's really good to be in the house. And um, I, I thought about um, when they asked me to come and speak, they gave me permission to do whatever I wanted. But after that introduction, I'm going to follow the rules. No, I'll just tease it. God gave me a word. He dropped a word on my heart. And I actually, I was trying to go back and remember if I ever talked about this subject. And I realized I never have. And I thought, man, but I've lived it, but I've never, I've actually never talked about it. So I'm actually excited. This will be the first time that uh, I've spoken this message, but it'll also be the first time you're hearing it. And, uh, and so I'm excited what God's going to do. So would you join me as I open up in a word of prayer? Father, thank you today for this wonderful opportunity. Uh, I, I truly am honored to, to be asked to stand on this platform uh, under such great leadership. And uh, I ask, Holy Spirit, that you give me the words to say and that uh, you open our hearts and our ears to hear. I ask that, Lord God, Today, we would be forever changed as we encounter your truth. Lord, transform us into the people that you've created and redeemed us to be. Remove every hindrance, every distraction. We honor you and you alone. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. Uh, I had a friend, we were uh, leaving church one day, and the pastor was at the doors uh, shaking, greeting people's hands. And um, I I don't know about you, but sometimes I, I think in our church world, you know, every culture has a language, and uh, it's interesting, you know, you can call it Christianese, Uh, there's just, you can tell when you're around Christians because there's certain language, certain words that they use that just immediately let you know, and uh, this pastor, he greets my friend, and he says, he says, hey, uh, I thought you were in our uh, army of God, the army of the Lord, and he goes, well, I am in the army of the Lord. And then the pastor says, yeah, but I, I haven't seen you here in a while. And my friend goes, I'm in the secret service. <laughs> uh, 
I love that video because it's, it's about being together, being in community. And, uh, you know, there's uh, this concept called CEO Christians, you know, Christian, Christmas and Easter only uh, Christians. And, uh, you know, this pastor in this particular case was like, you know, hey, I, I only see you at Christmas and Easter. Uh, you know, but he says, I'm in the secret service, which, you know, that's okay. Uh, but what I want to talk about today is healing in community. Healing in community. And uh, the story I want to uh, start off by reading is found in, in Mark chapter 2. If you want to turn there, you can. I'm going to read in Mark chapter 2, beginning in verse 1. It says, when Jesus returned to Capernaum, several days later, the news spread quickly that he was back home. Soon the house where he was staying was so packed with visitors that there was no more room, even outside the door, while he was preaching God's word to them. Four men arrived carrying a paralyzed man on a mat. They couldn't bring him to Jesus because of the crowd, so they dug a hole through the roof above his head. And when they lowered the man in uh, on his mat, right down in front of Jesus, seeing their faith, Jesus said to the paralyzed man, My child, your sins are forgiven. But some of the teachers of religious law who were sitting there thought to themselves, Why is he saying what, what is he saying? This is blasphemy. Only God can forgive sins. Jesus knew immediately what they were thinking, so he asked them, Why do you question this in your hearts? Is it easier to say to the paralyzed man, Your sins are forgiven? Or stand up, pick up your mat, and walk? So I will prove to you that the Son of Man has the authority on earth to forgive sins. Then Jesus turned to the paralyzed man and said, Stand up, pick up your mat, and go home. And the man jumped up, grabbed his mat, and walked out through the stunned onlookers. And they were all amazed and praised God, exclaiming, we've never seen anything like this before. There's so many truths in this story that I want to address. And one of the things that we can see right away is that there's this paralyzed man, um, and he was committed to this mat uh, his whole life. If you can imagine you know, being paralyzed in that time, in that time period, uh, you were pretty much discarded by society. Uh, you, you weren't, uh, they, in fact, many of them uh, were even killed uh, because they, just, they were seen as worthless or use, useless. Uh, many of them were just discarded. And this man's entire life was defined by this mat that he laid on. Uh, imagine, he slept on this mat, he ate on this mat, he went to the bathroom on this mat, and his whole life was all defined by this probably three-by-six burlap mat and he spent his whole life begging, hoping that people would help him. And it's interesting, when you, when you begin to imagine this man's life, you might want to feel sorry for him. But it's, what stood out to me was not necessarily his disease or his sickness or his condition. What stood out to me, that despite the condition he was in, he took the effort to make four friends. He did not use his condition as an excuse not to be in community. He made a decision that I am going to, I can't, if I can do anything else, I can't move my body, I can't move my arms, all I can do is talk, but I'm going to use what I can to be in community. So he finds four friends. Now, Imagine how awesome these friends are because these friends hear that Jesus is in town and apparently this Jesus does miracles. 
And so if we can get our friend to Jesus, then something will maybe, maybe, just maybe he'll get healed. Now, when I think about this paralyzed man and the mat that he was on, I think about humanity today. Uh, The great philosopher Aristotle said this. He says, without friendship, no one could choose, no one would choose to live, even if they had all um, other good things in life. And then I love the other philosopher, Yogi Berra. He says this, if you don't go to somebody's funeral, they won't go to yours. (laughs) That's funny, right? Um, Friendships are important. Relationships are important. Um, And in this particular story, uh, this man who was paralyzed, he had a really good excuse not to have community. He was confined to a mat. This mat represented his weakness. It was the definition of who he was. And my first point today for all of us is everyone has a mat. Um, I've had and have a mat in my life. Something that would represent a weakness that I have. uh, A weakness that maybe you have. And oftentimes in in our culture, the busyness of society, the busyness of life causes us just to really just get used to the mat and make excuses for not really addressing the weakness that we have. And maybe if I can just cover it up, nobody will will see it. Or maybe if I can just cover it up, uh, I can can be okay. But I want to challenge us today, like in the story, is that we don't allow ourselves to get comfortable with the mat, because we all got issues. Well, I don't know you, but I, I know me, so I can't talk about y'all like that. I got issues. Um, and oftentimes those issues can be weaknesses that really um, we can choose to ignore them. But you know what? God doesn't want us to be defined by our weaknesses. He doesn't want us to stay in the conditions that we are. Yeah, man, look, I, thank God that in our weakness, he, there's uh, God can become strong in us, but we have to first be willing to identify, hey, I got this mat, and I don't want to stay on it. I got this mat, and I don't want to continue to uh, depend on others to carry me through, but what I'm going to do is I'm going to invest in community. I'm going to invest in friends. I'm going to invest in people who will also invest in me because this is what I believe. That mat that this man was carried on, I'm sure he was convinced that that's the way it was going to be the rest of his life. Nothing was ever going to change. He was going to stay in this condition. But these four friends that he invested, whatever he could give at that moment, I, I imagine this guy probably had, he was a smooth talker. Think about it for a second. To have four guys that would carry him, I don't know how far Jesus was, but I know dead weight is heavy weight. And these guys, somehow this dude convinced them, and I don't know if it was him or these guys were just like, I'm tired of taking care of this this guy. So we're going to go ahead and just get him to Jesus. But I don't think it was like that. I don't think they, it, was, it was like, I think that this guy won. I, I, I think he invested in them uh, so much with the words that he had. That's why words are important. 
I think he was so inspiring and encouraging to them that they couldn't even help. They just fell in love with the guy, so much so that this opportunity came. So these guys decided, wait, you know what? This Jesus is here. We're going we're to go ahead and, and carry him to Jesus. Now, here's the second thing I want us to understand. We were all made for community. All of us were made for community. You say, well, how, how do I know that? In Genesis chapter 3, verse uh, 8 and 9, it says, Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man, Where are you? Where are you? Of course, man was hiding. But God was looking for him. When he created man, God made it a point to connect with man, to, to be in community with us. And we know that sin separated us from that, so we didn't have that community. And now we began to try to figure things out on our own because we ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Good and evil became our source instead of God. And so now man has uh, ever since been trying to find, and the question has actually switched. It's not like God didn't know where we were. Instead of God asking the question, where are you? Deep in the soul and the heart of man, man is asking, God, where are you? That's how it's happened today. And then I just I honestly believe this, that God says, I am represented in everything I've created. I'm represented in everything I've created. So every man, every woman, everybody that you see walking the face of the earth, there is a part of me in them. And if you connect with them, what you're missing, you just might receive because I'm in everybody and so I realize man there's some weaknesses that I have that you know what if I connect with Bryant I think in that weakness I can lean on him because he's strong in that area and we can begin to have this relationship where the God in him begins to pull out the God in me the God in your friend begins to pull out the God in you but you've got to make the time to do it because we were made for community. God did not design this life to be alone. When he made man, he said it's not good for man to be alone. And so we know that he made uh, animals, and he was like, mm, this ain't good enough. So he made a woman, and the woman came, and, and that, she was good enough. Amen. It was good enough. She was awesome. God said, it is good. And thank God, because of the woman, we, uh, we have been able to just have life just continue to flourish. And so having relationship with men and women, they, all of us carry a piece of God. And we were meant to be in community. If you try to do this alone for any length of time, there was a, there was a period of time where uh, I was installing home theaters. And in installing these home theaters, I went up to uh, Ohio uh, to the Corning uh, plant there. There's the headquarters there, and they were doing a training. I had no idea. I thought Corning only did, like, dishware and stuff like that, but they actually study sound and all this stuff because they make, uh, they've, um, they have a patent on the technology that make airplanes quieter and cars quieter and their rides and all that kind of stuff. So we run up there to study, uh, to be trained on this study of sound. And they had this room, and at the time, I think it was the only one in a country that was completely silent. Completely silent. You walk into this room, and as soon as they close the door, 
the silence was so deafening that it hurt. And I literally, standing in front, and uh, the guy was standing in front of me, just two feet away from me, starts to talk to me, and I can't hear him. And I'm looking, and my ears felt like they were trying to jump out of my head to try to grab some sound. Because as he's talking, there's nothing for the, the sound to reverberate off of and reach my ears. It would come out of his mouth and drop. And it was the weirdest thing because I, I just looked at, you know how a dog might look at you strange when you try to talk to it? And, I mean, tilt the head. <laughs> that, that's what I was looking like. And it was trippy. And, and he says, yeah, the average person could only last 10 minutes in this room before they start to go crazy. I went, what? So then he hit this button, and these panels come out of the wall. And when these panels come out of the wall, he walked over to the corner. He t- first, he s- set me in a position. I stood in this position. He talked into this panel, and apparently, when he talked into that panel, his sound traveled off that panel, hit another panel, went to another panel, hit another panel, and then hit me right here in my ear. And he says, that's how we can control sound. But here was the point. When I walked in that room and they began to talk to me, they says, do you realize in all of our lives that we're not used to silence? There's always some kind of buzzing. There's some kind of hum. There's some kind of noise always going on. But when you put man in a situation where there's complete silence, we can't handle it. You know why? We weren't made to be alone. We weren't made to be alone. That even the voice of God speaking to us, is designed so that we never feel alone. And I know that life can, I mean, life can get rough, man. It could just, it could beat us up to so much so that we can end up on a mat. You could be going through life, all right, everything's kind of going good, and all of a sudden you get knocked down, hit, beat up, maybe even paralyzed at times. And then the mat becomes your identity. And God says, look, I know you've been beat up. I know you've been knocked down. I I know that you feel that you can't move forward, but I want you to know it's not designed for you to stay there. So invest in community because I'm there. Where two or three are gathered, I'm in their midst. And if I'm in their midst, I represent healing because healing is a culture of the kingdom. And it is found in community. Uh. The third thing that I will share with you is this. There was a a young lady, um, kindergarten teacher, and she was observing her classroom. And as she's observing her classroom, she sees this little girl she's drawing. And as she's drawing, um, the teacher just becomes really interested. And she looks at it, and she's like, what what are you drawing? And she says, oh, I'm, I'm drawing God. And the teacher's like, that's weird. No one has ever seen God. What do you mean you're drawing God? No one knows what he looks like. And the little girl goes, she didn't even look up. She didn't skip a beat. She just kept drawing, and she goes, they will in a minute. (laughs) Right? What does God look like? You know what God looks like? You and I. That's what he looks like. And, and if you're going, I'm looking for God, I'm trying to find God, they might be sitting, he might be sitting right next to you. He's represented in community. He can see, I love, and what I love about God, he's diverse, he's big, he's huge, he's awesome, he cares. And even in the midst of difficult life and struggle and pain, God says, you know what, I'm bigger than all of that. 
And it's interesting that even in uh, how God will use people, he uses doctors and therapists and uh, friends. He uses nurses. He uses business people. He uses anybody. He's in, he's in and around everywhere, everything. You can see him, but you've got to be willing to be connected. Here's the third thing. There's healing in community. Community has the power to heal. Community has the power to heal. Now think about this for a second. These four guys decided, we're going to carry you to where Jesus is at. And so I don't know how far they had to walk, but I imagine this dude got heavy along the way. But they kept walking. They get there. It's so packed. People are packed outside of the house. They can't get inside the house. So these four guys... Now, I, I'm sitting here thinking about the paralyzed man. He's probably like, uh, guys, I really appreciate it, but this is way too much. Um, you, you don't have to do this anymore. And they're like, no, we're getting you to Jesus. And then they decide, we can't get through the front door, so you know what we're going to do? We're going to actually go through the roof. Now, imagine the paralyzed guy, he's probably freaking out at this moment. What do you mean you're going to leave me through the roof? He can't move. They're going to leave me through the roof. They're like, well, that's the only way we can get you right in front of Jesus. We want to get you right in front of him, and we can't get through this crowd. Now, I'm sitting here thinking, like, couldn't they just have been like, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me, and then just, like, took the guy up to the, you know, in, in front of Jesus? But no, they decided, you know what? We're going to go ahead and take him through the roof. Now, the roofs back then, it took work to get through. And, you know, they probably didn't have the tools that we had today. You know, today we just like, you know, whatever. We get through the roof. These guys are pulling and digging, and there's mud that they're trying to plow through. And this, the whole time, this paralyzed guy on the mat going, God, stop it. Please, don't do this. Now, not only are we going to tear, you're, you're, gonna, you're taking me through the roof. You're tearing up this person's house. And I'm sure while this is happening, the people inside the house, you can imagine they're hearing this noise up there. Crumbles are coming down. The homeowner is probably like, oh, my gosh, I got to call State Farm. <laughs> call insurance companies. There's something happening on my roof. It's about to cave in. And Jesus is teaching. And then all of a sudden, there's an opening. And four guys' faces look down. Jesus looks up, sees four dirty faces. And again, the paralyzed man, he can't even cover his face. He can't even do this. He's just like, oh, guys, I can't believe you're doing this. And imagine how big that opening had to be to drop this paralyzed guy in here. They open it. Jesus never, it's, it, to me, it's amazing that nobody tried to stop them. Nobody came up like, what, are you guys crazy? What are you doing? Will you stop? You see this man is teaching. They I'm sitting here going, and Jesus never stopped talking. He's like, oh, yeah, it's okay, guys. It's just somebody digging through the roof. He keeps talking, and all of a sudden the hole's big enough. And imagine you're sitting there listening to Jesus. And, These guys had to be, I mean, ultra creative, ingenious, because imagine this, the thought that went into that. Before they start digging the hole and thought, we're going to drop him through, they figure out, well, how are we going to lower him? So they had to go and find rope. They were resourceful. They had to go figure out some way 
that once we get the roof off, I can't imagine that they just dug the roof and went, like, well, how are we going to get them down here? Just drop them? <laughs> My bad. You were already paralyzed. <laughs> how is it? They had to think this through and Sometimes we read the story and we miss all the juicy details because it doesn't give us those details. But I'm quite positive they thought when they got there, they would just walk through the, the, the door. They weren't planning on tearing someone's roof off. But when you are in community with people who are just as committed to your health as you are, they won't let anything stop them from connecting you to the source of healing. So, man, they just start ripping and ripping and they lower him right in front of Jesus Jesus looks at him, and he says, your sins are forgiven you. I'm sure at that moment, that paralyzed man was like, uh, as you could tell, I don't need my sins forgiven. I need to move. I'm so embarrassed right now. Of course, the religious are in that room, and they're like, they didn't even address the fact that they, these guys just tore open the roof and lowered a paralyzed man. They're mad because Jesus said his sins are forgiven. They're like, who does he think he is? How is he going to forgive sins? And then all of a sudden, Jesus is like, what, what do you think? You think it's easier for me to say your sins are forgiven or to get up and take up your mat and walk? Well, to prove to you that I have the power to do both, get up and walk. The man gets up and he takes his mat. What I love about this piece of the story, he takes what had defined him, what he was literally confined to for years, he didn't leave it there. He didn't throw it away. He took it with him, and he walked away with it. Now, this is what's really interesting. The reason I believe it's important that we're in community, because healing takes place in community, not to forget the pain that I went through, but to actually take that mat, go back into community, and now testify about the pain that I once had. To get back into community and use the, the story and to use the, I imagine this guy had many, many stories of begging and, and many stories about these four guys, these four men. The Bible doesn't even say who their names are. But if it wasn't for these four men being so committed to this friendship and to the healing that this guy was walking through, he would not have been able to walk out with a story carrying his mat. Being able to tell people, yeah, this was my condition. I'm not defined by this condition. I, I don't look for pity anymore. I, I, I don't allow what this weakness that I had, I don't allow that to be the thing that I just ignore. No, I face it, I deal with it, and I'm going to share the power of this story that I have. Because everybody has a mat. We were all made for community. Because healing happens in community. James chapter 5 says this. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of the righteous person is powerful and effective. Pray for each other. Confess to one another. Why? So that we may be healed. This is really important. When Jesus says your sins are forgiven... Uh, there was what I believe, what Jesus does always, is he always goes to the core of the issue. And what he addressed was the inside first. Because all healing 
starts internally. Otherwise, people would only come to Jesus because, uh, in which I've been guilty of, because, you know, when you, when you hear how awesome Jesus is and you go, well, uh, I, I haven't trusted Jesus my whole life, but I heard he does cool things, I heard he does miracles, and I'm really desperate right now, so I'm going to come so that he can fix my problem, and once he fixes my problem, I'm going to go back to the, what I was doing. But Jesus knows that if he just fixed the outside, then they would just go back to what they were doing. But he always addresses the inside because what happens on the inside manifests on the outside. And so when he said your sins are forgiven you, what we don't know is what this man's thoughts were. I do know this, that the condition of humanity Sin, we so much look at as the things that we do. Sins are things that we do. Um, And I want to challenge that because the things that we do that we call sin is not actually the sin. It's the result of sin. It's the fruit of sin. And so to go to the root, I I believe this. So when you, the word sin in Spanish, S-I-N, Uh, is actually without. And the root cause of a lot of our uh, problems when it comes to healing, and I'm talking about internal healing, is that there are places in our heart that are without God. Where we have allowed ourselves to sit in that place or some type of substance or something else to kind of be that place and take up the space that really God wants to take up. So that becomes the greatest sin in us is that we choose to do things without God. We choose to not allow him into the dark places that nobody knows about in our, in our hearts and in our, in our minds and in our emotions. We, we don't want God to, to deal with those things, but God says, I, I want to be there. And if you let me into those places, I promise you, the sin me not being there will be forgiven and when I come in not only do you get me but you get the entire culture of my character which is life healing wholeness and I believe at that moment when he said your sins are forgiven you that man is laying there going interesting hmm and while Jesus is arguing with the religious paralyzed man is going, I am so embarrassed right now. I've caused all of this trouble. I can't believe I'm being singled out and I'm causing all of this drama to go on. I just want to get up and get out of here. At that moment, Jesus says, pick up your mat and walk. Jesus could have said, leave your mat there. He could have just said, get up and walk. But he specifically said, pick up your mat and walk because I want you to remember this moment. That I am the God that heals in the midst of community. Would you bow your heads with me? Father, I thank you today that you truly are the God that heals. And that you made us for community. And that although we may have challenges and we may have our mats, our weaknesses, Lord, we know that you're faithful to heal. And so I pray that every person within the sound of my voice would experience the life love, the hope, the healing, the strength, the power, 
God, let us not forsake the assembling of ourselves together. Help us to invest in the friendships that you've given us. Help us to see you in every relationship that we have. And to withdraw, God, the pieces that we need in our lives. And help us to give the things that you have done in us and through us so that others might be healed, maybe through the words that we say, maybe through the actions that we take. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, thanks again for listening. If you enjoyed this message, would you do us a favor and rate and review our podcast on your favorite podcast catcher? You can actually now listen to us on Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, SoundCloud, and Apple Podcasts. Basically, this just helps us get the message of Jesus out to more people. And the other thing I would say is, we would love for you to join us at one of our gatherings. One of the things we work really hard at is to create a safe place for people to be able to ask questions, to be able to investigate and grow in their faith if they're longtime followers of Jesus. And one of the things that we say a lot is regardless of what background you're coming from, you can belong here before you believe. And so if you want more information about our church, our location, service times, just go to our website at centerpointfl.org.